In this episode of How to Shoot Video for Your Business, I'm taking a bit of a podcasty vibe and we're having a chat at editors, how to hire them, what to look for, my experiences, and all that sort of stuff. So if that's of interest, stay tuned. Roll the bumper. G'day guys, my name is Bruce Garrard, I'm the owner of Gingerbeard Media, and in this episode of How to Shoot Video for Your Business, I wanted to have a chat around uh, really my experiences of getting in editors. Because I think as business owners, we uh, are often looking for a way to export our business, uh, get some people involved, and certainly when we're shooting video, video editing can take a long time. This episode is going to be more of a podcasty vibe, a bit of a general informal chat, less scripted than other episodes that we've got. Um, and hopefully the advice, the uh, experience that I've been through is of use and of interest to you. As ever, if you've got any comments or questions, then please do feel free to get in touch. Um, and we'll kindly uh, have a chat about all those sort of things and, and you know, answer any questions that you've got. So first, a bit of background on me. Um, I've been shooting and editing video professionally probably for the last five or six years. And uh, I had always anticipated that video editing, and in fact, most of the business would stay inside the business. It's one of our key components for our business when we're speaking to business owners is that we don't just ship out. I've seen other businesses who will happily just go out to business owners, sell them the world, and then they'll have to uh, go and find someone to actually deliver that, and that's where problems can occur. So by doing the work myself, I know that I don't oversell, but I can over-deliver to clients. That said, video editing can take a long time, and if you're not experienced at it, then it can take even longer. So I can totally understand why, one, uh, we've had to outsource, um, basically because there's a limit on how many hours are in the day. And I can understand why clients need to outsource in that they don't necessarily have the technical capabilities to get things done and they want to concentrate on other parts of the business. And I think it's perfectly fair for people to go out and uh, export their work to an editor. With regard to what we've been doing within Gingerbeard Media, so we've probably been looking at editors for the last two or so years um, and it's been a mixed process in all honesty and we've moved between um, having people locally um, sitting inside the actual uh, inside this office I've had people who um, sit remotely um, but still within Perth Western Australia and I've used overseas editors as well on the uh, the internets I think all of them have pros and cons, but I figured that if I give you a sort of open experience as to what's happened with regards to um, my experiences, then that probably gives you um, a good idea as to how that might impact your business when you're going forward and selecting an editor. So first of all, I feel like I've had most success when I've had an editor working with me. I'm able to physically keep an eye on what they're doing, teach them shorter ways to do things, which makes the work more effective for them as they learn, and also for my company as well. And obviously, you're able to keep that communication a lot more open because they're literally sitting right over there. So you can poke and prod and all those sort of wonderful things that uh, employees love to have done to them. The downside to that is obviously that you need a physical place that someone can come and work with you. Um, in a local market, you will typically pay a bit more because that's where they're working. And also it's just simple things like logistics. You need to actually be around and let them into your place of work so that they can actually work for you, which sounds simple, but 
I work from a home office, so I need to be able to trust someone to come into my home environment. But also, I spend a lot of time out and shooting for other people. And so, you know, do I let them in and so that they can work when I'm not here? Or do I send them somewhere else? Or what happens when I'm shooting, basically? Probably the second most productive way of working was the remote working, but still based within WA or probably Australia, I would say. The good parts to this are obviously you remove someone from your specific area which means they can work from wherever they need to work from you don't have to you know make sure that you've got a desk let them in or any of that sort of logistics they can literally work whenever you need them to work and obviously as you build up your relationship with them you're more able to let them off the leash and they can work whenever they need to work whenever it suits them rather than these are your specific hours other logistics that do come into play would be their internet so it is important if you're transferring big files, big video files, that they do have a decent and stable internet connection. And even though Perth is predominantly MBN, there are still areas which don't have MBN. And when you're using 4K files like I do, it is particularly difficult and time consuming for that download process to take. And I don't think it's unreasonable for somebody to start billing you for time, even though they're not actually being productive because they're waiting for your video files to come down the line. And the final option is working online. So you will provide a job summary as to what you need somebody to do. People will come forward and bid on that sort of work and, and, and work with you to understand what the job scope is. And then they go away in their time and get it sorted out. In all honesty, the real benefit to working online is the cost side of things. It typically does work out a lot cheaper than having someone based in Australia due to currency. But the big problem with all of working online, and that includes within Australia, is the difficulty in communication. It is very difficult to work in a visual medium and make sure that you've got clear work instructions for people. With regards to my experiences whilst working online, I used Upwork. I think the platform itself is very good. It felt very secure and a good way of matching people up. Um, either people will come bid for the work that you've posted or you can go out and kind of give someone a visual tap on the shoulder or an online tap on the shoulder and say, hey, look, this is something that might interest you. That that said there were a number of problems with online working and that really boiled down to not only communication but also every time you've got a piece of work you need to go out and rebid it which can become problematic you can't really oversee how someone works and what that means is that often they will tell you oh it's going to take this amount of time and it may not take that amount of time so understanding what your scope of work is and how it's going to get achieved is quite key if you want to keep those costs down so overall for me, having somebody sit in-house uh, with the ability to maybe long-term work remotely really works for me. I wasn't that happy with overseas work, but for me as an individual, I know that I am very controlled in how I want to work, how I want other people to work, and the expectation of delivery. Cost is one component, but as I go on, it becomes a smaller and smaller part. I would rather that the job is done correctly and cost more than take more time, it's incorrect, and I have saved myself a couple of cents at the end of the day. But what does this mean for you as a business owner who might be looking at bringing in an editor? And for this, I'm going to assume that the most likely probability of this is that you're looking at bringing in an online editor. So first of all, I would think about the software that they're using. For me, I was very 
specific about the type of software that I needed my editors to use because after they finished a base edit, that work was then going to come in-house and I needed to do further editing. So it's highly important that the software that they have matches my software so that we're an integral and collaborative team that can actually move forward. Obviously, if they were using a different type of software, it's not going to match up and I'm not going to be able to continue the work. So it would make it completely pointless. However, if you're a business owner who just wants the final end product, i.e. an edited video, it's not really going to matter what software they're using, just more how they get to the end product, which is what you want. I think the next thing to look at is how much experience they've got. And this, like a lot of things, is a bit of a balance, right? So it's important to look at the editor's style and skill level with regards to most of them will have a show reel that shows what they've done for previous experience. Now, it's not always possible to have their work exactly in your industry. So it is a bit of a case of understanding what they've done and how it's applicable to your business. But you do also need to identify whether they've got gaps. So for example, if they're always shooting and editing music videos and you've got a wedding business or you're shooting product videos, then the match is going to be quite difficult because they don't necessarily have experience in that full production for, say, product videos. That said, and here's where that balance comes in, I've had people who have contacted me and literally said, no, we're not going to use you because you don't have any experience in X industry. And the truth is you don't necessarily need experience in every single industry. You just need to be able to take techniques. So with experience, it is a bit of a balance and you do need to be able to look at what they've produced and work out whether it's a good piece of work and a good fit for your company and what you're trying to achieve with video. With regards to video editors and cost, it is a real mixed bag out there. Everyone values themselves differently and also you've got a difference in probably the country's value of currency. So one cheap editor from one country is not equivalent to a cheap editor in another country. I did found it easier to set an upper limit, i.e. a total budget for a project rather than setting an hourly rate. And that does tend to keep people, those editors, more on track who are likely to blow budgets out. That said, there was varying responses with regards to how long projects would take. As an experienced editor, I know how long something would take me or how long I would expect someone at a X dollar value to take. But in the online world, it's very much subjective down to the individual to say, I think this is going to take this long. So if you're looking at using an online video editor, I would definitely think about asking the question, how long do you think it's going to take? And from there, you can make a better decision about their cost. The final thing you should talk about with any editor is really delivery times. So how long do they think it's going to take them to get from a starting point to finishing point? Because there is nothing worse than giving work out to an editor and then finding it's going to take four months for them to do something that essentially should be a few hours worth of work. And just as a final small gripe point with the online world is that you're doing this all via text and it is quite difficult to interpret tone, especially when somebody's answering you in a second language. It's not like having a phone conversation or having a meeting where you can judge someone's facial expressions as to whether they're basically giving you the runaround or not. But I think online editing has its place. And if you're willing to invest a bit of time and money to build relationships with people, I think you will get to the answer that you're looking for, a finalized video project. Um, and certainly, if you can build that relationship for a number of projects, then you're definitely going to help yourself long term. 
So there you go. That's my rambly podcasty vibe on when you're hiring editors, the things that you should ask. I covered uh, software overseas or local, talking about experience, their costs and delivery times. As ever, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of How to Shoot Video for Your Business. If you've got any questions or comments, I would love to hear them. And if you're a business owner who's looking to shoot and use video to market your business, then why not join our free Facebook group, How to Shoot Video for Your Business. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next episode.